Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Eileen is back on her movie grind. The parlor is having some serious money issues and Lori finally leaves her useless talent manager. This is the Deuce After Show. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hi guys, welcome in, welcome in. If you are watching and listening, then you know this is the Deuce After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're talking all things HBO's The Deuce. This is season three, episode six, titled This Trust Thing. And honestly, after watching this episode, I don't know if I can trust anybody either. So that is such a fitting name for this episode. My name is Alexis Brown, and I'm holding it down solo today on this after show. So if you are in the live chat and watching, please talk back to me so I don't feel like I'm just talking to myself. I want to know all about what you're thinking of the show. If you agree with me, disagree with me, let me know in the live chat. We're going to go through this thing together. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about Eileen. She's getting back in the movie biz, plus her. Yeah, I know. We're happy about it, right? Um, We're going to talk about Vincent. He's still dealing with the fallout from losing his brother, and it's affecting his relationship with Abby and Rudy and pretty much everybody. The parlor's having issues. Paul is also dealing with the fallout of losing his boyfriend. Big Mike is battling a disease. Plus, we're going to talk about a very historic porn film. So I'm going to stop babbling. It's going to be a fun show, and we're going to get right on into it. All right, so let's talk about Eileen. Um, Eileen, she's been dealing with her movies. She's been doing her thing, but we haven't seen her actually working and on set and writing in a pretty long time on this show, I feel like. But she's finally back on it today. We see her her getting her creative juices flowing. She found inspiration from a woman in a waitress in just a random diner um, just seeing how she was being treated by some scary men. She asked the waitress, why do you deal with that? And the waitress was like, look, I'm trying to make tips. And it kind of put something into her mind and she said... Um, what men want becomes the world and we're all whores from this. And what I got from that is basically the world is just like James Brown said, this is a man's world. We're all just kind of living with it. Whatever the man wants is kind of what shapes what we're doing. And I think this is the point that she's going to put across in her movies. Now, I know I don't agree with it, but I mean, maybe she does have a point. Um, We said on the show that we thought that she was going to do another movie, but we thought that she was going to go more mainstream and get rid of the porn. But I mean, this is the deuce. It is a show about porn. So she's sticking with her niche, which I was surprised, but not surprised to see. Um, And it looks like even though it is going to be another porn film and there are going to be people doing it on screen because who doesn't love that? um, It's going to be a lot more. (laughs) It's going to be a lot more 
are still scripting and beautiful writing and beautiful acting. Now, we did see her on set with the actresses, and the actress was like, look, I don't understand what this film is about. Can you break down who is this character? What am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be portraying? And we actually saw a really beautiful monologue from Maggie Gyllenhaal, who plays Candy. Um, Obviously, the movie that she wrote was kind of inspired about her life. She talks about how, you know, when she was 15 years old, she was pregnant and she had a really strict dad and she kind of went through this battle of if she was going to keep the baby or go to some shady woman who was just going to remove the baby for her and just that dilemma that women kind of face because I think a lot of women have actually been in that scenario where they don't feel like they're ready for a baby and they're going through that dilemma of what they're going to do with it so we got to see that side of her in it um, and it was portrayed in how she directed the actress and I thought that was really beautiful to see and it moved me but it also moved Harvey so much so that we saw Harvey kiss Candy. Now, they've been friends and working together for a really long time on this show, but I never really got a hint that there was any type of physical, sexual, any type of chemistry in that way. She's always had a man. He's always had his woman. But he put a move on her today, and as I sat there in my disgust, I literally yelled out, Ew, what the heck, as it happened. But... She kissed him back. So I'm wondering, okay, is Candy into Harvey or was it just kind of just like a feeling in the moment? She had kind of been kind of vulnerable and he's always been there for her and she kind of just went with it or are we going to see some sort of love connection let me know in the live chat or if you watch this at a later date in the comments what you think I'm not here for this I want them to keep it strictly business I don't want it to be any funny business we know this is a show about sex but I really am not trying to see Harvey and Candy do it um ew yeah I don't like that (laughs) I don't like that no 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 so let's not do that so I didn't like that part with Harvey but I did love that he funded her $20,000 to fund her movie. I wonder where she got that extra $20,000 from. But we know we she got the front end of the $20,000 from Harvey. So that's beautiful that he believes in her vision again and that they're working together again. But let's keep a profesh, guys, because that's not really what I want to see. Another thing we saw in this episode with Eileen is that her son Adam called. In the last episode, she he called her a whore and she was like, I'm not fooling with you. Figure things out for your own. But he's still calling her, calling and asking for money, calling to get her to invest in his t-shirt company. I'm still wondering if this t-shirt company is legit. Is he just using this as a scheme to get money for drugs or he just money to survive? And he feels like if he's making it seem like it's a legit business that she'll be more likely to give to him. But it seems like he's she's just not going for it. She hung up in his face. She didn't really want to hear what he has to say. He didn't even come to her mother's funeral. And I, I've been talking so much about Eileen that I didn't, I didn't even mention the fact that we saw her at her mother's funeral today. Her mother did unfortunately pass away. And maybe that's another reason why she did get emotional with everything that was going on. And in that scene when she did do that monologue, because she did just lose her mom. And I did remember thinking while I was watching the show, like, she's not really showing a lot of emotion of her mother being passed. I know they had a complicated relationship. So I guess now kind of thinking about it and talking out, out loud, then that's maybe that. That's why she was so vulnerable and really putting herself out there in this episode. But like I mentioned, that vulnerability does not need to leave, need to leave her into the bedroom with Harvey. No, no, no. That's not 
what we want to see. All right, so that's all we have for Eileen, a.k.a. Candy, on this show. But before we go on, I have a message for you all. Now, if you're listening and watching, then you know how to find us. You find us on AfterBuzz TV, on YouTube, or on iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. As I mentioned, if you're in the live chat, I am looking at it. I have it up right now. I can see everything you're saying. So holla at me. Let me know where you're watching from. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think about my comments because I can see them. And make sure to comment and to subscribe and to like our video. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure to give us a five-star rating. And no matter what, whether you're watching The Deuce or All Rise or any other after show, make sure you continue to keep watching After Buzz TV because we love what we do and we would not be the ESPN of TV Talk without you. So thank you for tuning in. All right, so let's see what's going on with Vincent. So, um... Frankie's been gone for a little while. He died the episode before last, but I mean, it was his twin brother. So I wouldn't expect Vincent to already be back to his regular self. He is still very much coping with this death, which is something we don't really see a lot on the deuce. We usually just gloss over deaths and they don't really talk about it again. But we are really seeing Vincent grieving over his brother. And in addition to grieving, we're also seeing him trying to get revenge. Now, on the last episode he did kill someone and we weren't so sure if he killed the right guy and it's still seeming like it it wasn't the right guy and not only was it not the right guy but it's causing a lot of fallout within people around New York specifically Rudy who has been his business partner leading up till now now Vincent thought that Rudy had something to do with it I don't necessarily think that's the case But I think people in Rudy's circle had something to do with it. Um, We found out that Frankie was selling cocaine to to the men in his circle, to Pasquale, and that Pasquale was his buyer. Um, And because Vincent did kill him, now those people have a hit out for Vincent. And even though Vincent doesn't trust Rudy right now and um, still feels like Rudy had some part to play in it, Rudy has actually been the one telling them to lay off of Vincent, where even now you killed one of mine, he killed one of yours, let it go, do not touch Vincent. But that seems like that's not going to matter anymore what Rudy is going by because Rudy died in this episode. He was shot and killed in cold blood by Tommy, who was his right-hand man. Um, Rudy kind of put his foot down with Tommy, like, look, don't touch Vincent. You knew this was happening. This is on you. And Tommy retaliated by killing Rudy. So, I know. Totally caught me by surprise. Was I happy? Eh, maybe. But I was very surprised. I think this is about to start a war. We only have two more episodes. Will that war affect our peeps and affect Vincent? Maybe so. Maybe Tommy killed Rudy so that he would have a chance of going after Vincent because Rudy tried to tell him that he couldn't do it. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what that motive is. If you think you know what it is, if you, maybe it was just Tommy wanting to be the top man and not wanting to have to report to Rudy anymore. Or maybe it really is just so he can get retaliation on Vincent. Let me know what you think if you're in the live chat or let me know in the comments because I want to know what you guys think too. Let's talk about this theory. So going back to Vincent, um, we know in the last episode he promised Abby that he wasn't going to retaliate. He wasn't going to do anything. But in just 
kind of walking around the room. Abby ended up finding the gun that Benson used underneath the mattress. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I saw her find the gun, I was like, why would he leave it in such a stupid spot? He literally put no effort into hiding the gun. It was under the bed. All she had to do was make the bed to find it. Now, when she found it, she was really upset and she started packing up her things and she told Vincent, you promised me, you said you weren't going to do anything. What is really happening? Why do you have this gun? Vincent, is, to me, is still kind of lying, I guess. He made it seem like he only got the gun for protection and that he didn't actually use the gun. So I'm wondering if... Abby knows that he did something or if the concern was just more so why do you have this gun and not what you did with this gun but either way it made her upset which I understand because it's like your brother just died now you feel like you have to walk around with the gun for protection what is really happening who is coming after us why are why is all of this going on what is going on that I don't know and you need to tell me because I live with you because I'm your girl I work with you my whole life kind of revolves around you so I kind of need to know what's going on um so even though I agree with her on that, I didn't really agree with kind of how she came at Vincent. She told him she said you've changed and that she doesn't like it. But I mean, he literally just lost his twin brother. So I think she kind of needs to cut him some slack in that regard like no he's not going to be the same he lost his twin brother it's still pretty fresh. He probably feels like he has a target on his back because of that because he doesn't know who did it. Especially now that he's starting to kind of see that maybe he didn't get the right person. I don't think I would be the same person either. So I kind of wasn't with Abby on that and the fact that she, you know, was kind of coming down on him for saying and saying that he changed. He just had a death in his life, a big death. He literally held his twin brother in his arms as he died. I think that would make anyone change. Um, And I also agreed with Vincent when he told Abby in response to that, you haven't been around. What have you been doing? And it's funny that he said that because when we first saw Abby in this episode, she was laid up with her girlfriend. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, this man is mourning. He's literally in his room sitting in the dark, like, crying you like he was obviously in a dark place and I remember thinking to myself why are you all up under this girl I know she's your girlfriend I know y'all have a complicated like open relationship and you can do that but why in this moment are you with her when your man just lost his brother and is obviously going through some things why are you not there with him so I completely agreed with Vincent but let me know what you think are you kind of more on Abby's side with you know she has every right to kind of be suspicious and not want to fool with Vincent right now because of everything going on or should Abby be there for him a little more I kind of see it from both sides I think she should be there for him a little more but I do also agree that she needs to know what's going on because not only is he running for his life but she could be running for her life too because what it looks like it's about to be some big scary men coming out after her but they ended the episode with them making up and them telling each other that they loved each other I don't know if this means the open relationship is going to end or they're going to strictly focus on each other that doesn't seem like their jam but I can truly see that Vincent realizes that Abby is the one for him and they probably should just put the the games to bed and be with each other but let me know what you guys think I want to know all right so let's move on very quickly melissa came back i honestly forgot that she left she wasn't in my opinion truly a big factor on this show for the people who may have not even remembered um she left when her dad came and found her but now she's back i was honestly surprised she left to go be with him so quickly and just out of nowhere anyway if he was such a bad person in your life 
um, and he did so much damage to you. Why did all it take was him coming to your house a few times and apologizing for you to quickly just run to him? And I think she realized that now, and that's why she's back. She realized, you know, yeah, he apologized, and maybe he's changed, but maybe this is more so just him because he is a recovering addict just trying to right wrongs for the sake of righting wrongs and not because he genuinely wants relationship with her. And I think that's what brought her back. But I really love how they say, you know, even if you do move on from being an addict, you still feel wrecked. And they called them dry drunks. And I think that's that's pretty profound and true. You know, we we talk about addicts and we applaud them for moving on and getting past and recovering. But we never really discuss them mentally and how it is for them being a recovering addict you know they may not be driven to drink or to do the drugs anymore but how are they really feeling mentally being a recovering addict how do they feel about the decisions they made the mistakes they made how has it really affected their life and how that can affect the people around them so I think that was a great thing to say because you know people make mistakes and you can recover from the mistakes but you got to kind of look out for the people who did the mistake making because you never really know where their psyche is. Um, so I think, you know, she's gotten to a good place where she's forgiven her dad. But I do think it was too sudden for her to just run off with him and forgive him that quickly. And I think she realized that. And that's why she's back. Let's go to the live chat. I see y'all talking back to me. You got seven people in the chat now. Hey, y'all. Cornelia, hey girl, she holds it down with us for all, um, every single episode. She says, I think Abby should be there for Vincent more right now. An external shockwave says, yup, which makes me think that he agrees with her. And I agree with both of you, um, regardless of what he's got going on. And it is a big thing to have going on. You got to be there for your man, girl. I know you like your girlfriend. She's fun, but you got to be there for Vincent. He's been the one that you've been with all this time. Um, So thank you, Cornelia and External Shockwave for hollering at me in the live chat. Everybody else who's watching, holler back at me too. Let me know what's going on. Okay, so um, Black Frankie is out of jail um, and the parlor is back open, but it's not doing well. I guess because of all the fallout of when he did go to jail, um, it kind of scared all the girls away and they decided to go into business for themselves. So they've actually, they have their own beepers now. They have hotel detectives holding it down on lookout and they're making money in the hotels and they're making way more money than they were making in the parlor, um, which means that Big Frankie and all of our crew over there isn't making any money because they don't have any girls. So Big Frankie is telling him like, look, we need to negotiate with them we need to get our girls back and it seems like he's not budging and I think that's gonna bite him in the butt because you can't make money in a parlor with girls without girls so either he's gonna go out and recruit more people which doesn't seem like the best idea right now with the diseases going around and with police being on them like white on rice it's not really the best time to go recruiting so I think he kind of needs to listen to um, Black Frankie and negotiate with these girls. Give them a little bit more of the cut so that they'll come back. We know they're loyal because they've been down with you for basically the whole time. So just give them what they need. Um, M. Vero said Tommy killed Rudy on orders from a higher up. The guy Rudy was talking to earlier, I think. Makes sense. And if that's the case, I think we're going to see some more about it on the show. So I do agree with you, M. Vero. And I think regardless, we're going to find out pretty soon. And I think it's going to be a big blowout. And this world is going to be turned upside down and all of this. And I wonder, is this going to be the end for Vincent? Because I would think the first thing they would want to do is kill Vincent for killing one of their um, runners. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right. So Lori, um, 
Lori's talent manager slash boyfriend or whatever he is to her, we just know he's trash because he keeps giving her cocaine and making her do things she doesn't want to do. Um, he basically banks all of that she had made for him to start this business, and the business is not taking off. They're not making any money. They're not booking any gigs. Um, Lori's like, well, maybe we can sell more DVDs, autograph things, and he's like, no, you got to get back to the porn and back to the to the nitty gritty, if you know what I mean. Um, so she goes back to porn work and the first thing is so sketchy I was like why did she even do this and I can tell she didn't want to do this she gets dropped off in a random parking lot gets in a van first off they don't know what the address is because police keep um showing up and staking out all of these sets so they have anonymous address so her talent agent is dropping her off and don't even know where they're taking them she gets in some shady looking van with nothing but men there's like 10 men in there and she's the only girl just going to some random address and I was like does he not care about her life like yeah they need money and I'm sure he knew that she was going off to a job but he didn't really know she was going off to a job it could have been a setup for her to get sex trafficked or molested or all types of things like yeah how do you just send your girl off in a van with some random dudes but anyway it ended up getting being an actual um set and they want her to basically be gang banged i know people are into that kind of stuff gang banged by 10 15 plus men and she's like i'm not having that but her talent agent not the boyfriend but the other one is like you can just have to do it sis um and Lori does it and then immediately after she does it she walks out and she fires her talent agent and I was like, yes, Lori, finally, I hope you're going to keep that same energy with your talent manager slash man. I don't think she was going to, but life happened and it, she ended up in a place where she basically had to because she walked in on him having sex with another woman. Now, he tried to cover it up by saying, well, I watch you have sex with guys all the time. And it's like... But she's a porn star. She's doing it for work to get paid. She's making money for you, sir. You're the one who sent her there. What are you talking about? And now you're trying to throw it back in her face? No, bro. So she scratched up his face. And I thought he was going to, like, punch her. But he didn't punch her, thank goodness. But she ended up leaving him. And he was like, you're not going to be anything without me. You're not going to make it. And honestly... I'm a little concerned that she won't because like we've mentioned on this show before, um, we never have really seen Lori be out on her own. She's always had either Cece or this new guy or her talent agent and she doesn't really have the best track record of being on her own. So I am a little concerned, but I hope that, you know, it seems like from the teaser, she's going to link back up with Candy. Maybe she'll stay in porn, but under Candy supervision and I trust Candy with her. Um, but I don't know if she can make it by herself. If you're in the live chat, let me know what you think. Do you think Lori can survive without anybody kind of being, <laughs> being her, you know, her puppet master, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, I want her to, I'm rooting for her, but I, I don't know. We haven't really seen it from Lori that she would be able to handle that. Um, so I guess we're going to just wait and see. We're rooting for you, Lori. Um, Cornelia said, I'm glad Lori left her boyfriend and fired that manager, but I'm not sure what she's going to do now. Yeah. So I don't know. Expect the unexpected. It's the series, you know, the last of the series. And we only have two more episodes left. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody died. Not to go into predictions. Um, 
yeah, I'm just assuming everybody's going to die. We already lost Vincent. We already lost Rudy. I wouldn't be surprised if she leads herself in a position where she could be next. Because like I said, we don't know how Lori can handle being on her own. So we'll wait and see. Um, One more thing that happened in this episode is Big Mike, my boy, we saw in the last episode, you know, when he was in the hospital, he was concerned if maybe he had caught the virus. Um, And it looks like he may have right now. He just has pneumonia, but they're saying that may be because of the virus. Um, And he's starting to look a little more ill. Um, He left Vincent. He's like, I can't work with you anymore. He didn't explain why. He just kind of left him. And that made me really sad because Vincent is just going through it like they say when it rains it pours but it's just raining 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 on him he's having issues with his girl he lost his brother all of the businesses are going away he can't trust anyone and now big mike who is somebody who he trusts and who helps him run his run his business and has been there for him basically through everything leaves and he has no clue why so i'm really feeling for vincent but i'm also feeling for big mike too I just want to see everybody win. And this episode, it just seemed like everything was falling apart. And like I said, we only have two more episodes left. Maybe things will come together in episode seven or eight. But right now, I'm feeling kind of hopeless, y'all. Let me know how you feeling because, I mean, I'm looking through my list. Eileen, you know, her movie thing is kicking up and she's getting money and... I mean, she, for me, honestly, and I hate to sound mean, but if you're making out with Harvey, you kind of have hit rock bottom. But other than that, she's still doing pretty well. Vincent is down in the dumps. Rudy is dead. Abby is sad. Melissa's back, but she ain't doing good. The parlor isn't doing good. Lori isn't doing good. Nobody is doing good. And I just want everybody to do good. So, I know. So, can we please just turn it around in episode 7 and eight (sighs) it's too much guys also i forgot to mention we saw paul um his boyfriend died in the last episode all these deaths lord jesus um but he seems to be in higher spirits even though he you know is dealing with the death of his boyfriend but also is dealing with the death of his bar he's also losing his bar everybody's losing their bar everybody's losing everything lord this show is just draining me jesus um but he still took his time to go out and protest um fight aids not gays i love that message i think this is a good message to have even in today's day you know fight the disease fight the things that are attacking our these people versus attacking the people because they want to live and live their best life just like we all do So stand by them, no matter if you don't believe in the things they're doing or what they got going on, stand by them. So I'm glad, and even in all of the craziness and the grief and everything that's going wrong in his life, he still took the time to go protest and fight what he believed in. He ended up getting into a brawl with the police, and now he's in jail. But he was doing it for the right reasons, and I guess that's a good thing in itself. So we'll consider that a very good a very small good thing in a show full of nothing but bad things we need as much hope as we can on this show all right guys let's get into our special segment so lately our special segment has been talking about very famous porn films from back in the day now i love this music so i gotta talk like this with this music playing so before i watch the deuce I always thought of porns as just mindless sex on a bed. 
women being gang banged, all type of just debauchery. But this show has shown me that you can actually make porn into art and life and movies. I want to do the whole show with this music. I just feel I feel deep. And we see this in this movie. The movie is called The Devil in Miss Jones. Now, the film is a 1973 pornographic film written, directed, and produced by Gerard Damiano and starring Georgina Spelvin and Henry Reams. It is a widely regarded classic adult film released during the golden age of porn, which is 1969 through 1984. After his 1972 success with Deep Throat, which is another movie we talked about on the show, he shot the film in a converted apple packing plant All right, in Milanville, Pennsylvania. That's random. Along with Deep Throat and Behind the Green Door, which is another movie we talked about. Obviously, we are porn connoisseurs over here. We know our movies, okay? Um, The film is associated with a time in American culture known as porno chic, in which adult erotic films were just beginning to be widely released, publicly discussed by celebrities like Johnny Carson and Bob Hope, and taken seriously by film critics. So it's not just debauchery and mindless sex like I thought. It was art and passion. I'm having way too much fun with this music. Um, So the movie did very well. It grossed $15 million. Okay, if that don't make you want to join the porn industry, then I don't know what will because that is a lot of coin, especially in 1973. Like, what I can do now in 50 with $15 million, I can't even imagine what $15 million was like in 1973. It received so much critical acclaim that they had sequels and remakes. Let me tell you how many remakes this thing had. It had The Devil and Miss Jones 2, The Devil and Miss Jones 3, A New Beginning, The Devil and Miss Jones 4, The Final Outrage, The Devil and Miss Jones 5, The Inferno, The Devil and Miss Jones 6. Yes, it keeps going. That one's my favorite. <laughs> that one's Vito's favorite. The New Devil and Miss Jones. The Devil and Miss Jones, The Resurrection. The Devil and Miss Jones 2, The Devil's Agenda. That's got to be a record. How many movies have that many sequels? What, Jurassic World and The Fast and the Furious and The Devil and Miss Jones? Oh, my gosh. So this this movie was on point. If you're looking for some good classic um, historic porn to go watch, then maybe you should check out The Devil and Miss Jones. If you watch it, come back and comment and let me know what you think of it. Because I'm honestly, I don't do nothing regarding the devil. I'm, I don't. That's too much for me. But I'm interested to know what y'all think. And if it's good, maybe I'll give it a look and let y'all know what I think before the season finale. All right, guys, let's get into some news and gossip. So this isn't the happiest of news, especially because I love James Franco. He plays our beloved Vincent and Frankie, and he also directs a lot of these episodes. He actually directed the episode that we watched tonight. Um, He's actually facing a little bit of heat right now. Um, He's being sued by former acting students over sexual harassment claims. Now, this isn't the first time he's been accused. Um, The other one we heard about, and then it kind of just went away, and he stayed on the show. So to me, that kind of made me feel like it wasn't true, or it was a misunderstanding, or I don't know what I thought. But right now, it's back. Um, the lawsuit follows allegations that made headlines after the actor wore a Time's Up pin on a 2018 award season red carpet. Excuse me. 
And now he's being sued for sexual harassment, discrimination, and a host of other claims by two former students. The class action complaint filed Thursday by Sarah Kaplan and Tony Gall quotes Franco's public statement from 2018 when such allegations first surfaced. If I have done something wrong, I'll fix it, he said. I have to. Now, the women claim Franco, through his acting school, convinced students to engage in explicit nudity, sex, and the pushing of boundaries by dangling employment opportunities in front of them. They're also suing Rabbit Bandini Production, the school's co-owner, Vince Joe. Joe Levette, I'm sure I'm messing up that last name, and its general manager, Jay Davis. Now, for context, it is a sex class. Um, They're teaching how to, I guess, do the act of sex in movies, how to, because, you know, in case you didn't know, they're not really having sex. At least they're not supposed to be. Um, So they have, you know, they have to learn how to do that. So it technically is a sex scene class. So I wonder if they really were being inappropriate or if it's just hard not to be inappropriate in that kind of class. I would think if you're basically teaching someone how to look like they're having sex, it's going to involve some sort of like sexual encounter in some way. I don't know. I don't like to discredit women when they make accusations because you never know and this is a town where people do dangle employment opportunities in exchange for you know sexual advances so you never know but I don't know let me know what you think because I think there is kind of a fine line with like okay you're teaching me how to have sex basically on camera um so maybe you're gonna touch me or have me do things in ways that aren't really appropriate I'm not giving him a pass I'm not excusing it if he really did it then he should, you know, go down for it. And no matter how much I love him, wrong is wrong. Um, but that's the situation that James Franco was in. So hopefully it'll be resolved and everything will be figured out. And it hasn't come out that James Franco or or any of his counterparts, anybody at the school, which I don't think is open anymore, um, did anything dirty. So I guess we'll just have to see how it played out. All right, guys, let's get into predictions. And if you're in the live chat, type to me what your predictions are, because I want to know. Um, so what I'm thinking is, um, I think we're going to see Eileen and Harvey address the kissing situation. I hope it's an addressment where it's like, this is a mistake. We were caught in the moment. We don't like each other in this way. Because honestly, I like Hank with Eileen, and I don't want her with Harvey, even if she isn't with Hank. So I would rather just see that storyline die. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see Eileen work on her movie and that it's going to be a masterpiece, honey, because Eileen makes only masterpieces. I think regarding the Vincent, Abby, Rudy situation, we're going to definitely see a lot of fallout with Rudy dying. Um, that I guess that means Tommy is the, the top man. And what does that mean for Vincent now that Tommy is the top man? Because it seems like Tommy's trying to get revenge just like Vincent's trying to get revenge. And Vincent doesn't really have a backing right now. He lost lost his brother everybody's kind of given up on him so he's pretty much just on his own so how is if he is involved in the fallout how is he going to handle it i think we're going to see that in the last two episodes um I think that the parlor and all of that, they are going to end up negotiating with the girls and they're going to come back. I think we're going to see Paul continue to fight for, you know, the gays and for AIDS rights. Um, And I think Big Mike is going to join that fight because he's dealing with his own issues with that right now. And honestly... This is more so a hope than a prediction. It's a lot going on. I'm starting to lose hope. Everybody's dying. Everything is falling apart. So I would love to see some good happen. Some 
things come back on the rise. I open a new business, something. I need some hope back on this show. Um, I want to see things get better for my people on the show because I love this show and I love this cast and they deserve the best. So I'm predicting that we'll see some turnaround or on the flip side, like I mentioned, this is the last season of this show ever. So the writers could literally just have the next episode be everybody get shot up and die. And that's the way the series ends. You never know if this show. So um, let me know what you think in the comments below. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Um, thank you so much for tuning into the show, guys. It's been so much fun. Um, Louisa will be back next week. And she'll be talking all about the deuce with you. Um, and we're going to just have some more fun with it. Only two episodes left. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's going to be crazy. Um, if you want to talk about the show with me or just connect with me about all of the other after shows I'm on, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Lexi Fierce. That is I A M L E X I F I E R C E. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Until we meet again, buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.